Hi, everyone. Welcome to Taz Talk, the show where we talk about the Adventure Zone podcast. Today, we're talking about Amnesty episode 36, the final episode of Amnesty. The final um, episode. Then this might also be the final episode of our podcast because Griffin said that they'll probably do a TTAZZ, and I wasn't sure if he was just joking or if there's actually a chance that they won't do one. Um, I hope it's not the latter. I Yeah, I... I, I desperately want them to talk more about it in a meta sense. Me too, so bad. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to say they'll probably do it, so this is probably our second to last episode. Probably, yes. <laughs> I, but I mean, in the meantime, I think we can analyze what we've got so far. Yes. I um like I went into the balance finale like ready to cry. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was gonna cry during the amnesty finale, mm-hmm. but I super did. Oh, did you really? Uh, during oh what? yeah, during what part? Um, during a bunch of parts. Oh. <laughs> um, the part just jumping into it, the part where um, uh, Duck was stabbing the light dome with Beacon, mm. and that really good remix of the amnesty theme was playing yes that remix made me cry it was really good <laughs> it would be a musical cue that would make you cry yeah it was really good it was just like a good like kind of i don't know i mean I, honestly if i talk about the things that made me cry in balance the music was a really big part of that yeah. if the, yeah. if balance hadn't had the music that it had i don't know if a lot of those kind of emotional beats would have hit as yeah. hard as they did yeah i think that that's what um one of the things that really brings up the production value of the entire show is just all of the love and and tender like original content Griffin brings to it. Yes. And it's so it's so much more understated in Amnesty than it was in Balance. Like where's my band camp for the latter half <laughs> of Amnesty, you know? But it's just it's so important to acknowledge because even though Griffin isn't really around as much to toot his own horn about it, it is so huge in in the emotional weight that the entire show conveys and you know that's Definitely. that's super that's incredible um speaking of music uh not yes. to interrupt your crying train no go for i just it. wanted to mention so the ending of um thacker's scene his ending scene um yes. when, when he was about to leave with um can we call the quell can we call her quail because <laughs> if you want to <laughs> the humanoid quell um when when they were going out and stuff the the core progression of the last um of the last like song was um um oh my god what is it west virginia mountain oh. mama it was country like, road yeah it was somebody else made a country road reference during this episode <laughs> I think it was at the beginning during, like, the recap part. It's gotta be, yeah. Oh, by the way, I loved how the recap part, which is, like, a normal part of the episode, kind of got, like, like uh, fourth wall broken. I can't think of the right term, but, like, it was the aliens poking around in their memories. <gasps> yes, that, that was, was really so cool. well done. I really liked that. The the editing and all of yeah, it. and that that's another thing too. Like so, Thacker's scene made me really emotional, <laughs> but the one with the quill. Yeah, because okay, the, we're just gonna jump. Are we just jumping well, no, all no, around well, here? Okay, I'm mentioning <laughs> no, it because I... <laughs> Griffin's editing of Quail's voice that was oh, okay. so subtle and it was it was so super good. subtle. It was so good, and I had a feeling. I was like, who is this chick? 
<laughs> I, I got to the end of that segment and I was like, I have no idea what the fuck just happened. And I actually had to go back and re-listening to it trying <laughs> to figure out like, is this person supposed to be someone? What am I listening to? And then yeah. on the second re-listen, I realized what was happening. Yes, yes. I, I mean, we could uh, just jump man. all around if we want to. I'm like really high energy right now. Yeah. Just kind of feeding off finale energy. Let's do it. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump all over the place, but I'm going to just keep talking about Dagger for a little bit. Good, because, please. <laughs> because I think... Like, so we had the least amount of time with Thacker, but yes. Thacker ended up being the most in-depth, in tune with everything that was going on with Sylvain. Yeah. So, like, for him to end up living in Sylvain and, and being in his role, bringing up Capex, like, it was a full circle experience of him, uh-huh. like, uh, his whole flashback scene was him doing Capex with Juno, and then his last scene, well, one of his last scenes, is him basically doing new Capex, but with Quail. Yes. Like, that was so good. <laughs> I loved, yeah, I just, like, I really loved what happened at the end, like, with Thacker's scene and, like, with the Quell showing up like that. Because I think it's, like, this is the second campaign in a row where Clint's character has developed a friendship with the enemy and helped humanize them. Yeah. And I just think that's, like... As a big fan of redemption arcs, I think yes. that's really beautiful and powerful. I and I just that loved that so much. Thank you for that, Griffin. <laughs> I didn't know how much I needed that until it happened. Yeah. I mean, so we got we got Merle with his beach scene with John, and then we yes. got Quail and, and Thacker going going so off into good. the distance. It's just it is really, really good. Oh my gosh. And I I really like the idea I just love that idea of the Quell having like deciding to go on this journey. And I think it's interesting because it also kind of ties in with obviously there was some weird growth that Sylvain did while she was trapped inside of a human body. Yes. Um learning how to fuck up and feel bad about it and how to, you know, forgive yourself. And so now this feels really parallel to that where now the quell is going to like go on a human journey yeah. and come to terms, like learn some human emotions, come to terms with the things that they did and like recover from that. And I just think that's really special. And I really liked it so much. I, I love that also like the parallel between what the quell is gonna do and what sylvain already went through so part of me also is hoping i don't think they're ever gonna really talk about it but like clearly thacker and aubrey have connect like they talk and they communicate within sylvain so i wonder then like what is aubrey seeing the quell in human form for the first time like I I oh, that would, be really would love yeah, yeah I, I would love like just a drabble of like what would that be like would would there be like instant connection because Sylvain last we checked so she is back does she live in the crystal is she also now human form is she in the basement of the planet I, it <laughs> seems like maybe all three of those things because she's okay. maintaining her connection with Aubrey yes but I think because she's like a god yeah. she doesn't have to be limited to anyone location yeah. or viewpoint so does that make aubrey jesus did she come back from <laughs> is she the oh, son w- of the father <laughs> i wanted to i wanted to when in the last episode when we were trying to talk about that scene with sylvain and like the journey that sylvain went through mm-hmm. being incarnate yeah i i compared it to the last unicorn but i realized now what i was really thinking about was the movie dogma have you ever seen that movie no but i feel i know that i should oh my god i know it's been on my (laughs) list i won't give you any spoilers then but there were some things in it that really reminded me of that movie it's a very fun movie okay i think 
I'm going to go back to the beginning of yeah, my go notes. For it. <laughs> um, Wayne isn't that funny of a name. It's really normal. And it was funny to me that, like, everyone was... Duck is a way sillier name than Wayne is. And it, it was is. funny that everyone was treating Wayne like, oh, ha, 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 your dorky-ass name. It's, like, yeah. pretty normal. I, I've only ever known one Wayne. He was a very nice, peculiar guy. Um, I, I am more curious about why Duck's name is Duck. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, is there... Like, what is it? Because... The back of his hair makes like a... But he wears a hat. Maybe that's why he wears a hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think, like, what could be associated with a duck? Like a little Donald Duck, like, tuft coming yeah. out of the top. That's like a, like a, yeah, like a cowlick. Butt. Like a duck butt, but in the back. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's where the butts are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's my canon. No, a duck, a duck front butt. How about a that? A duck front butt. He has a little pompadour in the front. This is a weird, because I think I have heard people refer to the vagina as the front butt before, which I hate very much, but hmm. it's really funny thinking about that for a duck, because really, they've only got the one opening. It's just the one cloaca. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This conversation veered off into weird territory. <laughs> Let, the, <laughs> we're going to have to make this podcast <laughs> NC-17. Let's uh, reel it back. Um, I also loved when they were first waking up and Duck was, like, going crazy speculating about, oh, we're on an alien oh, craft, blah, blah, blah. God. I'm like, where is all this latent nerdiness coming from? Like, yeah. that well, was really fun. His his whole thing, is, this whole time, is that it's aliens. That's definitely true, yeah. <laughs> so That cannot like, be denied. And and so you kind of got your space drama a little bit, like, I was thinking on. that, yeah. It almost turned into, like, the sci- like the space hopping sci-fi I was begging for. Yeah. Um, that was pretty fun. It, from ever, ever since the first Amnesty episode that we ever analyzed, or maybe, maybe not the first, maybe like the first couple ones, this whole time I've been like, but the fantasy, but the sci-fi, but the aliens, <laughs> nothing makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. Well, of yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, another fun thing that it's not exactly fantasy meshed with sci-fi, it's kind of like different sci-fi sources coming well, it's complicated because so much of this stuff did, even though like the psychic powers was like magic, it definitely had a fantasy bent to it. Yeah. So I thought it was really funny how at the end um, the way the way interplanetary communication was possible was through psychic powers I thought that was really fun. Yeah, that was different. I I really liked that. Yeah, I did too. I'm sure that has been done in some sci-fi novel before, but I haven't read enough of them to know that. So for me, I'm like, oh, that's a fun, unique idea. (laughs) If if I don't think about it too hard, um, a lot of what ended up happening and how a lot of our loose threads ended up ending was all very just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it, it was like definitely like, whoa, all of this information is getting revealed right here at the final hour, yeah. but none of it felt like totally out of left field. You're yeah. right. Yeah. All of the the behavior of the abominations made sense for the most part. Yeah. It, um, they were all spurned yeah. on by reconciliation. Makes sense. Yes. Um, when they were... That one scene, kind of in the first hour, where that the, the pod mm-hmm. was trying to, like, grow duck sister's body yeah 3d print duck sister yes i love that the aliens thought that would be comforting yeah right for the because like that if you didn't it kind of makes sense if you don't already know how horrifying that might be to a human you know (laughs) it's like a fun way to think about like what might the difference 
the psychological differences be with these aliens that that doesn't like doppelgangers doesn't strike them as kind of horrible yeah it i can't think of what it reminds me of but i feel like that's a thing in some sort of sci-fi media where maybe it's the separate wives i don't know i can't think of what it is but like where they assume a familiar form so that they oh you know what it's the good place Okay. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that. Oh, I guess, spo- well, not really spoilers. Well, no, but I'm like, sure it's, like, the premise. I'm yeah, okay with that. Yeah, like, the, a part of the thing is that, like, they, I guess they don't really have forms, but it's, like, you're human, so we're gonna adapt to what humans are. Yeah. Because we're oh, otherworldly, yeah. so, you know. Well, this, this, like, plot beat actually made me think about, well, why do I find that idea so disturbing? And I, it made me think about, like, you know, in Harry Potter, where... Anybody could turn into anyone with a polyjuice potion, yeah. so they all had, like, secret passwords towards the end of the yes, series. Yes, yes, Like, the, I think the reason that idea is so disturbing, like, kind of, like, identity theft stuff, is because you, as a human being, when you're really close to someone, you have intimacy with them, and yeah. the idea of somebody, like, using that intimacy who who isn't the person you have targeted who you have given that, like, intimacy to yes. is very upsetting, because it's like you're being, like you know cheated basically it's like you're being taking advantage of double crossed but like not only not not double not you're not being betrayed by the person but like you masqueraded as a person i trusted and then you tricked me it's it's yeah absolutely double jeopardy kind of a thing there's also just something really creepy about doppelgangers i don't know what it is like i don't i don't have a good explanation for why this historical horror trope really (laughs) freaks me out but uh, it does it's a false sense of security. Because I think that's what it is, yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I can't remember where I read it from either, but I remember reading, like, an article about something that... What makes, like, a, a very popular thing in a lot of horror movies, especially nowadays, what makes things creepy is seeing things that are normal, but then that have been adulterated. Oh, like, uncanniness? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, all of the literature on uncanniness as a as a, as a a thing is about how it's, like, a combination of the familiar and the unfamiliar, and yeah. that combination is really uncomfortable because it's, like, dissonant. Yeah, that's that's it. Uncanny Valley. Like Yes, exactly. <laughs> when things are familiar, but not too familiar. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You snuck one by me, Chelsea. <laughs> um, real quick, can I just say that I think it was super clever. This is what I assume Griffin did. Yes. That he used Siri to be all of their different voices. <laughs> was it? I mean, I'm, I, I, I think those kinds of like. Voice, I think there's like websites like that you Dragon can use. Or, yeah. yeah. Did it? It might have been Siri. I don't remember. I don't remember how it sounded now. Um. All of those voice effects are really yeah. fun, though, especially during that first scene with Billy. It was that scene was so cute and funny, and just yeah. like hearing that kind of like slang, casual talk in a robot voice yeah. was a really good effect. I loved that so much. Even like instead of saying you, he would say like, "Oh yeah, see ya." Like yes. you know, but like a robot. Um, I I also really so the first maybe twenty minutes of using that that uh voice that they were using of reconciliation like running the questions and inquir- the, the queries and the yeah. agreement. Like, it was really creepy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it was, like, really selling the, like, the coldness of space and the aliens and all the yes. worldliness and yes. non-humans and stuff. So then when it was Aubrey, right? Aubrey summoned Billy. Mm-hmm. I loved that <laughs> so It was much. so nice, yes. 
Do you want to talk about reconciliation as an enemy and as an entity? Yeah. Because I found their motivation very interesting. It's like the kind of like, it's the classic lawful evil. Mm -hmm. Like in order to prevent bad stuff from happening, I have to become bad. It's like the Dr. Horrible dilemma. It's the, it's the, um, oh shit, Tom Cruise, Minority Report. Oh, I guess it's kind of similar to that too. Can I just like go a little bit deep? Into I I kind of low key really love Minority Report. Me too. It's a really it's good movie. so cool. The world building they built it's so long and it's kind of long winded, yes. but the world building is so good. Uh, with the precogs. Is and that how based have, on a Philip K. Dick novel? I think it is. A, wait, by whom novel? Philip K. Dick. Oh, I have no idea who the author is. I just know it's a, it's a, based on a novel and with the precogs how they like can have uh, premonitions about murderous intent. But then they're, like, farmed, essentially, for their uh, psychic powers and how, like, the police are going after these people before they commit murder. So if mm-hmm. you're basically arresting innocent people because they have the intent, but they haven't actually done the murder. Like, Yeah, I love that ah! story explores a really interesting moral gray area. Yes. Um, but just, I thought reconciliation was just super cool. And it, it really, like, the thing that we've been lamenting this whole time is that we had two disparate worlds that didn't really seem to care about each other, but we were supposed to care about them. So having Reconciliation come in and say, like, well, our whole intention was to pit them against each other, I was like, oh. Yes. It did tie it together pretty well. Yeah. Is it, like, kind of like the plots got, uh, reconciled? <laughs> <laughs> That's one for you, Chelsea. <laughs> I hope you appreciate that. So well, yeah, we definitely got some questions answered. The gates aren't natural phenomenon. They are, they are manufactured. Yes. And the light beings were causing conflict on purpose, on purpose. Although it was not for any of the reasons that I speculated about in the last episode. And it, it explains why all of the abominations had nothing to do with Sylvain. Because they never yes. they really never came from Sylvain. They were coming from the gate. You know um, what it doesn't explain, though? Yeah. Why... Okay, so I always got the sense that when they killed an, or they defeated an abomination mm-hmm. and the light being came out of mm-hmm. it, they seemed like grateful for having been defeated. Oh, I have a theory. Okay, give me your theory. Well, because reconciliation, their whole jam is one as the unit, like to serve their purpose as the unit. So if their purpose was to be an abomination, to be defeated, they're being grateful because now they're being sent back to reconciliation. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, except for I, yeah. except for uh, Billy, because Billy, like, instead of being uh, absolved, or, like, instead of being, you know, freed and sent back to reconciliation, he was just kind of trapped on Earth, living a life. Yeah. And, like, well, Billy had, this is kind of something that happens with mind flayers in D&D lore, too. Ooh. It's like, if they get separated from the hive long enough, they start to be able to have their own ideas. Yeah, and yeah. they, like, develop their own will. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe it was, because I was kind of thinking, like, the ones that came out of the abominations, how did they feel about, like, were they away from reconciliation long enough that they had their own ideas about what was happening? But maybe not. Maybe Billy was the only one that hung around long enough to start to, like, detox from being (laughs) in the the deliberative operational mind or whatever it was called. I think that's what it was called. Well, my, my theory behind that was that he wasn't the main, like, he wasn't the main dude in charge. So... I think being away from everybody else and being, like, a minion away from everybody else, he has the most, like, reason to develop his own thoughts. Because if you're, like, 
That might be maybe true. the leader of a squadron. Like maybe your whole motivation is because you are the leader, you have to do the thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that that's just a thought. Okay, so the thing about I love Griffin exploring like this problem. It's like, do you know what the Fermi paradox is? The Fermi paradox? Fermi. Yeah, the Fermi paradox. <laughs> no, Fermi, F-E-R-M-I. That sounds very familiar. I've, so read, he was, I've read a lot of Dan Brown. Uh, <laughs> I don't, is this a Dan Brown thing? Because no it's idea. so. I, Dan Brown just pulls in a whole lot of different, oh like, you know that thing you read on the internet? <laughs> Fibonacci so, sequence. Go ahead. So Fermi was a, a, I think he was like a physicist who came up with, a formula to calculate the probability of extraterrestrial life existing in the universe. Mm. And according to his calculations, the probability of other life being out there is very high. Yeah. So the Fermi paradox is like, if there's, if the probability is so high, where the fuck is everyone? Yeah. Okay. I, so I, I think about this on occasionally. So <laughs> yeah, dude, no, that's wait, related yes. back to amnesty. What, what do you mean? So, so there's on the, the Wikipedia page for Fermi Paradox, mm-hmm. there's, like, all of these possible explanations listed. And oh. a couple of them are about, like, it's possible that it's just dangerous for two species to interact because conflict inevitably happens. Yeah. Or, like, any species that kind of gets past this technology threshold and quashes their own self-destructive tendencies yeah. will then see any other species getting to this point as a threat. Yeah. That's and it's so, just like that's so amnesty. That's so reconciliation. Yes. <laughs> I really like. Yeah, that's really what it reminded me of. Is just like this problem of how do, how do aliens meet each other and not kill each other? Exactly you know? right. And I think that's what makes like sci-fi and and aliens meeting humans such a thing. Oh, I love it because so there much. are so it's many the different ways for the the story and the relationship to play out. The yeah. other the re- the re- other really interesting thing is that reconciliation has so many different meanings colloquially. Like, so reconciliation is, like, for example, in the church. Like, you go to church, mm-hmm. and yeah. you confess your sins, and you're absolved of your sins, and you're forgiven. Like, you may, you reconcile your transgressions against God in yeah. in that. Reconciliation also, like, conflict management. When you're in school, or, like, in therapy, or, yes, you know, yeah. like, two forces come together, and they agree to, you know respect each other and they come to terms with with how they interact and everything whereas what was termed reconciliation as as the adversary mm-hmm. they pitted people against each other to the point that they destroyed each other so yes delightfully <laughs> ironic yeah <laughs> so this is this is actually i want to talk about like the one thing about the, i love the finale i had so much fun with so much of this stuff i'm very happy with a lot of how it went but mm-hmm. the one thing that kind of disappointed me is reconciliation's whole thing was like they had this obviously hypocritical even acknowledged by them that it was hypocritical yeah motive where they were using violence to prevent violence mm-hmm. and because that was like their thing i kind of was hoping while i was listening that the amnesty trio and like the party were going to not use violence as the solution to stop them yeah. i was hoping that they would like find a way to talk their way through the situation yeah. and like make reconciliation see the error of its own ways and then maybe it would go oh my god we made a horrible mistake we have to you know destroy ourselves now that's kind of like the resolution i was hoping for yeah and i do like that the resolution we got kind of made beacon make sense in context and i think billy ended up addressing um this this i kind of problem when he said like you know, that was reconciliation's whole thing, humanity, prove them wrong, which I thought was like I a really th- sweet I like line. That a lot. Th- yeah, I yeah. like that very much. 
I and so another thing that I struggle with is do we so Beacon did something and then they all disappeared. So I th- <laughs> I think what happened yeah, I think what happened is that Beacon like Minerva asks Duck, why do you think we've been carrying around this angry sword this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. So like Beacon was kind of this like paradigm of violence or something. That's true, um, yeah. And so I think when Beacon was plunged into the core, it somehow was like impinging its will or its personality into the core. It made the core think of itself as too violent and it like self-destructed itself. I like that because it helps me justify why the ending happened the way that it did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. And it's nice that Beacon has like a full like... There's a real explanation behind Beacon. It was fun yeah. to see, like, the end of Beacon's character arc. Yeah. You know um, you know how I kind of interpreted it? Which also yeah. could... Like, Beacon... So, the whole thing about Duck's character is that he is the chosen one. Even though he wasn't actually, like, the actual, like, chosen yeah. one. So, like, it's just kind of... It's, I feel like it's also a little bit a play on a trope of a trope of a trope. Because... <gasps> Beacon, then, is the weapon of the Chosen One. And so he is the deus ex machina because they have to finish the story. And so if that's the big monster and Duck is the Chosen One and Beacon is the Chosen Weapon for to defeat the, the big monster, then therefore Beacon has to defeat the big monster because Duck is the Chosen One. You know, like... I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> I do kind of like that, actually. <laughs> like, whether whether it is... I like yours because I think, like within the lore within the universe i think that jives but also like in the whole like meta of meta uh <laughs> i like mine too <laughs> no i like it too that's good yeah i i and again that scene when the music the remix of the amnesty theme came on mm. it made me real emotional <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and listen to it so i can fully more fully appreciate it oh also Speaking of the music, the fucking Sephiroth theme playing during... Oh, my God. I fucking loved that. And then when Billy is like, I'm taking the PS1 yes, with me, by the way. I Amazing. Love that. I Lovely. Love that. I love it. I love it so much. So, yeah. The uh, the second part where I was, like, really crying was when I realized, oh, my God, they're all going to have to split up. Mm-hmm. And the blow was kind of softened by the fact that, like, oh, actually, they can still communicate and it's okay. But, like, I just got really emotional. I don't know. It's like... I don't think I realized how attached I was to all these characters and how much, like, I wanted them to be able to stay together when it just, like, got to this point where it's like, you guys might never see each other again now. There's something really, like, really sad about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that that, um, Thacker can communicate with Maddie because he has psychic powers. Yeah. I I assume he was relaying messages for everyone. I like that because in in my version of things um <laughs> Aubrey and Duck and Thacker they just they couldn't communicate Thacker maybe yes out or maybe in yeah but and I mean it's, yeah. it's like if Thacker has psychic powers Aubrey's magic mm, that's true that's true maybe she can do something similar yeah um I I want to eat pudding fruit so bad oh my god all Aubrey having fun with her god powers yes. was very satisfying and fun love yes. that shit um, I envisioned her as, you know, the, the forest god in Princess Mononoke, how... Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Except if he was making pudding fruit appear. Yes, and only <laughs> and only making things live and not die, because he's not the entire cycle of life. Yes. She's just creation. Quill's going on her own journey. Oh, man. 
I just, I'm not over that thing with the quill yet. I liked it so much. I, I liked it a lot, too. Um, so now I know in the last episode I said that I didn't ship Duck and Minerva, but... I guess I do I, now. <laughs> I'm kind of into it, mostly because I think I'm kind of into any heterosexual couple where the woman could kick the man's ass if she I wanted to. I do love to. that. I do love that a lot. <laughs> That's up my alley, so I well, kind of was like, you know, I'm, I'm actually all right with this. And also, it's just like... I fucking love the both of them so much. Yeah. So the idea of them making each other happy makes me happy. Yeah. I, I love the way that Justin, like, was portraying their relationship. Of yes. Being built completely on respect and, and mutual, like, love. And they've just spent so much time together and they yes. relied on it. I love that. And I the part when, like, she was giving him a back rub and he was, like, pretending that it felt good, <laughs> that really cemented it for me. But the weird part, though, which I can't stop thinking about, is, like, She's way older than him, right? I mean, Which is kind of fun. Yeah. It's like a fun role reversal thing, but like she they I think Duck was 18 when they first met. Something which, like that. Yeah. That's legal, but like it's still I can't stop thinking about like wow, he was like a little pimple boy when they first met. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that happened. Um, also, I love that the Chosen's the Chosen Club oh has like God. a group chat going. I so love fucking that adorable. Too. Um well, hold on real quick. Uh, yes. Going back to Aubrey, I I do I was kind of wondering if they were going to address that Aubrey is a god now and how she's gonna you know like t- take responsibility of her powers and all that. Yeah. So the entire <laughs> yes. exchange between Aubrey and and Janelle I thought was so good, and I'm like that totally fits Aubrey of like if she thought about how she was gonna do things and worried about what the right thing would be she would never she would never do anything. Yeah. Like, that so was true. really. That was actually a really nice monologue. It was very sweet. That was I wonderful. Think. I loved it yeah. a lot. Yeah, because that's like like the I forget what it's called, like decision paralysis or something. Where yes, like literally yeah. with human psychology, the more choices you have, the harder it is to make a decision. So yeah. I thought her way to like solve that problem for herself was yeah. very nice and very mature. Yeah. At some point, you should watch The Good Place. Just I'm just. I saying. want to. It's it's on my <laughs> list. It's like okay, Good Place or BoJack. Do I want to feel good uh, or do I want to feel bad? Uh, if, if it helps, BoJack's on its um last two like last two phases. So oh holy shit! It's gonna be done by like January. I I really want to rewatch it, but I also don't want to cry a lot. Oh, <laughs> oh man, is it that kind of? Because like, there's different like. Different sad shows mm. or movies, some of them are sad in the way that they make me cry, mm. and some of them are, like, de- paralyzingly depressing. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Requiem for a Dream, but the first no. time I saw that movie, I didn't cry. I was just, like, I <laughs> felt too horrible to cry afterward. It yeah. was just, like, deadeningly sad. Bojack makes you feel, like, a, a really wide... If you ever want to, like, if you want to listen to it and then do a podcast about it, I would be super down because you feel like such a range of emotions with Bojack um, oh, and it's kind of hard to describe but I, I will just say it's it's a range of emotions the highest of highs and lowest of lows I'm very curious I'm curious about the show um I think I've I like the last stuff that I want to cover is just the stuff that happened at the very end like the little the finale finale part like we got a Agent Stern and Barclay friendship oh, moment oh, while man. they were like in the hot spring together. Love it. We got to see. I was actually like, once we were getting into those last fifteen minutes, I was like, I haven't seen anything about Barclay and Hollis, and I'm pick gonna be pissed off if they never get like mentioned. But they did get mentioned, they did so get it was mentioned. okay. Muffy and Winthrop also got mentioned. yes, they were there. Thank God. Mama's making art again, which I find very nice and inspiring. Love it. Um. 
Oh, so I have a theory about something also. Ooh, go for um, it. Do you know when Aubrey and um, Danny were trying to decide where they were going to live? Yeah. I'm listening to this conversation going like, doesn't Danny have to go back to Sylvain or she'll fucking die or whatever? Because oh, shit. Yeah, huh. they needed like the hot spring stuff to not go feral. So my theory about this is that somehow I'm assuming that the fact that sylphs went feral on Earth without contact from without like the, the Sylvain water and mm-hmm. the fact that humans also went feral or whatever on Sylvain without a piece of clothing or something. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that wasn't a natural phenomenon either. That was yeah. something that was somehow being engineered by reconciliation. Yeah, I, I completely 100% agree. That's such... It, it was never explicitly stated. Yeah, but, but I, that's the only way I can... Yeah, yeah. yeah so because that's, J. Cool, that's, I stayed, stick, stuck around. Yeah, a bunch of people did. Barclay, yeah. um, there were some other names mentioned that I can't remember now, but yeah, did people Dewey, could... So Dewey... Oh, wait, yeah, Dewey got mentioned too. Yeah. Dewey's just a ghost now, He's I guess. He's just a ghost, but then... I could have sworn, and okay. So when they opened the portal in the closet, there were a lot of there were a lot of names coming out yes. at us at the same time. <laughs> I could have sworn that they said Dewey and like a Kathleen or somebody. I don't know. But do you remember there was a ghost? There was another ghost character. Oh, there was. Yeah. Oh my god, it was the other ghost character, but oh. like the sylph ghost. Yeah, god, I can't that is name. actually really fitting now that I'm remembering who that character is. That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, and so I guess then Dewey became. A sylph, kind of. I guess so, huh? <laughs> and well, and so did Doctor Harris Bonkers, which I assume that he just kind of mutated because he's been in such close contact with Aubrey, and Aubrey's a god. So I really liked how they never made Whoa. him talk, but yes. like they could understand his <laughs> chittering. That I love funny. that so much. So the other part that made me cry was when they did Saturday Night Dead, like the oh final episode, God. and like Ned came back for. I'm gonna start crying just thinking I about know, it. Me too. Just like coming back for another final cameo. Yeah. Oh man, I they, think like this. Go ahead. They, oh, hang on, I'm letting Ryan open the door. Oh, real I, th- quick. I thought you were gonna say you're letting your tears fall. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's just like this. This thing falls into the same category as um, um, when when after Ned dies and. Duck and Aubrey are like, or you see that scene of Ned writing the letters for mm, them, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. uh, Stranger Things spoilers, but something like this happens in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I this this like thing with Saturday Night Dead playing and getting to see Ned again like falls into that same category. There's yeah. something that fucks me up about like getting to hear from somebody after they're gone yeah. and like. You get more of them, but you can't give anything back. It's yeah. fucking tragic. I'm gonna start crying. I'm gonna start <laughs> crying. That's such a that's such a thing. That is such a thing. Oh, but I I love that they had Ooh. so many little callouts to Ned. Like they called, yes, it was really nice. Uh, Sylvain's now called Ch- 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 Chicane. Or yeah, the that that part really made me think about like how I hadn't considered the how much. Danny must have an opinion about him because yeah. he saved, he died saving her life. Yeah. Like, I knew that had happened, but I hadn't really thought about, like, the emotional impact that would have had on Danny until just now, yeah. you know? Yeah. I thought a lot about Pigeon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was really something. I, yeah. And then, so Mama carved him, and then they had this whole Saturday, well, they aired Saturday Night yeah. Dead, and it was really good. Yep, I'm really satisfied with the way this ended. I am too. Except, why were the sylphs exiled in the first place? Thank you. This is like, I, I, I can't, I'm so shocked that this was not addressed that I'm now wondering if it did get 
addressed at some point and we just both fucking forgot or missed it because like I'm it's the fucking campaign is called amnesty <laughs> it's driving me nuts griffin please release me from my suffering okay i was trying to think well maybe is this something reconciliation did because the whole thing was and so the only thing I can really blame on why they all got exiled is because maybe they were helping the humans break. That's been the yeah. Crystal, I guess maybe, but they That's never. That's been my yeah. They never explicitly told us, so I can't really tell. And because everyone seems younger, and the whole crystal shattering thing happened hundreds of years ago, because the crystal was like passed down by generations and generations. So, yeah, no, I I really didn't want them to. That's a good point. We don't really know anything about Sylvan lifespans, so no. yeah, it would be weird if they were all. If they live the same, like, if their lifespan is similar to human lifespan, it wouldn't make sense that they were exiled because of the human self-conflict because mm-hmm. that happened hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Griffin, please talk about this in TTAZZ. I'm going to die if you don't. Yeah, I have a feeling that's got to be one of their most asked questions. Everything else was pretty pretty well done. Did you yeah. figure out where yeah. that old-timey music was coming from? Oh, um, no, it might have just been music that Minerva liked that was associated with her. It might not have had, like, necessarily a specific explanation. Oh, maybe. Okay. I, I, my, uh, my second question for TTAZZ was, hey, what was up with the music? Where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> I think Griffin just wanted to lay down some cool bluesy tunes. It was very bluesy and it was very cool. <laughs> All uh... right. I think that's, I'm at the end of my notes and my Cheez-It pizza's here. Man, I really want to eat some. <laughs> where can people find us you can get in contact with us by emailing us at taztalkpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on tumblr at taztalk.tumblr.com we're also on itunes as taztalk podcast we're also on twitter you can tweet at us we are at taztalk podcast yeah so we will be doing one final episode our ttttazzz as long as, as the long as they air one. do, they have to. If they don't, I'll scream. It'll I'm, be crazy. <laughs> oh, and I just want to mention that the other possibility for us coming back to this podcast is that if they finally do just like a hard sci-fi <laughs> spacefaring alien campaign, I'm definitely going to be back for that. Okay, can we just, so we already, I don't know if we actually know this, but Travis has, or one of them mentioned what the name of the next arc is gonna be or not oh? the, he he hinted at what the letter was gonna be because it is taz yeah and, and then the letter g ghosts maybe ghostbusters gum gumbo gumbalaya Goat. those are the only words that start with g i can't think of any google? Good is, it, is it a computer science taz google fantasy taz <laughs> gumption taz oh my god gumption oh that would be so good <laughs> if they were just all sherlock's oh taz oh my god taz generations oh that's also taz really good goals no it, I don't it's know. a soccer it's a know. soccer rpg oh my god <laughs> <laughs> can you fucking imagine yeah if they do a sports rpg i'll be back for that too oh i'm just gonna god. lay that down here <laughs> Give me that fucking Eyeshield 21 oh, sports drama. Give me that Yakitase Japan. Give me some competitive baking. Um, it, Just in case this is our last episode, hopefully it won't be, but just in case, thank yeah. you so much for listening along, yeah. everyone. It's for listening to Amnesty with us. It's been so fun making this podcast. Chelsea, you're amazing and I love you. Rachel, you're amazing and I love you and I love Aww. our three listeners. Thank you all <laughs> so much for the support in the past year two years i don't even know how much time has passed because we've just I been think having so we've much been fun. making this for this is our like 52nd episode so like 
over a year. I think it's been two years. Two we Oh, because we don't do this every week. Duh. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. Wow. wow. <laughs> All right. Probably. Talk to you next time, guys. Maybe. Bye. Bye. Bye.